You are listening to the VBAC Link Podcast. This is episode 36. We are listening to Maria, who had a successful VBAC after her baby went breech when she was 38 weeks pregnant. Before we get into it, you know what we're going to do. We're going to share a review of the week. Hey, oh my gosh, those stubborn babies just like to be in whatever position they want. They do. (laughs) Can't believe it. I'm excited to hear this story. But first, we have an awesome review from Bomquisha is her name on Apple Podcasts. I feel like a little, little swagger coming out when I say that name. Bomquisha says, a few months ago, I had no idea what a podcast was. I'm so glad I found you ladies. The births on this podcast are just so extra special because they give me the courage and knowledge I didn't have before. I always learn something new from every episode. Thank you, ladies. I hope you know your podcast is so special to me. I will attempt a VBAC after two C-sections, and that's something I thought was out of the question until I heard this podcast. Love you, ladies. And Bamquisha, we, we love, love you. you too. <laughs> we love you. And that is such an awesome review. And we are looking forward to hearing your VBAC after two C section story. All right. Before we get into the episode, we wanted to talk to you guys a little bit more about some questions that you can ask about your hospital specific policies when you are on tour at the hospital that you are going to have your VBAC at. Uh, It's a great idea to find out more information during your hospital tour because that way you get opinions from the nurses and other people involved that don't have the same perspective that your doctor has. So here are five questions that you can keep in your back pocket and ask when you are making that hospital tour. The first question is, is there an anesthesiologist on call 24-7? The second question, do you offer wireless fetal monitoring? The third is, how many people do you allow in the operating room in the event that an emergency C-section is needed? Number four, if this is a teaching hospital, will there be residents? This way, if you don't want residents or students attending you during your labor, you will know that you can request no students early on. And then number five is, am I allowed to labor or deliver in the tub? Those are all really good questions to get the conversation started and set you up to have the best experience on your birthing day. You are tuned in to the VBAC Link podcast with Julie Frankum and Megan Heaton, VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan. Good morning, women of strength. Today we have episode 36 and our guest, her name is Maria, and she is going to be sharing you her story of her VBAC journey after her baby went breech at 38 weeks, all the way up to 38 weeks this baby was head down and decided to do a little flipperoo. So she is going to share her story on what she did after to get her VBAC and then how her home birth as well ended up in a, a second feedback. Yeah, Maria, we are so excited to hear your stories today, and I can't wait to hear your journey from hospital C-section to VBAC and home birth, and yeah. you can just take it away. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I guess my story starts um, when I was pregnant with my first, and I just wanted, I think, as like a lot of families, I just, I didn't know right? I didn't know anything and I wanted to know everything about pregnancy and birth and parenting. So I took like all the classes. Um, I took the hospital classes. I took all the breastfeeding classes and the baby wearing classes and the diaper classes. And, and I told a friend that I wanted to have a natural birth. I had no idea what a natural birth really meant. I just knew that that's what I wanted. And She's like, well, I teach hypnobirthing. If you'd like to come to my classes, she's like, I'm biased. I think the classes are great, but 
you come? And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll take your class too. So I took um, hypnobirthing with a practitioner in my home city and really fell in love with what I was learning. My husband went to class with us or with me and then we do the homework together and really just helped me relax and feel really good about good about birth and then also kind of define what I meant in my own mind for natural birth and kind of be able to put that into words. And through that, I kind of made sure that my, my doctor was on board and she was like, yes, you can have a vaginal birth and yes, I will support you and yes, it will be great. And so I felt really good about my upcoming um, birth. And when I was about 38, 37 and a half, 38 weeks pregnant, I had a really bad cold and I had a really bad cough. And it was like 9 or 10 at night, and I was just coughing, coughing, coughing. And I thought that I had like broken a rib because I had this like intense pain. And by like 4 o'clock in the morning, I woke my husband up, and I was like, I can't do this. Like, what if I go into labor and my rib hurts so bad? I was like, I think we should go to the emergency room and just, just make sure that like I didn't break a rib. I didn't know what they were going to do for me, but <laughs> it hurt. And so I went in and, you know, they sent me up to labor and delivery because I was so far along in my pregnancy and I, I wasn't in labor, but they were just like, you know, you, you might have a sore rib from all your coughing. Here's some Tylenol or, yeah, I don't know, some small painkiller. And they're like, just go home and rest. And I was like, okay. And I did. I went home and I rested and I was feeling great. And then about a, half, like a few days later, I went in for my normal checkup my 38-week appointment. I was a little over 38 weeks. And my doctor, um, who had, you know, said all these great things about what I could do in, for labor, looked at me and she felt my stomach and she said, you know, I'll be right back. I'm going to get the ultrasound cart. And she came back and she did an ultrasound quickly in the office. And she said, you know, your baby is breech and we can't, I can't, we can't do vaginal birth for breach, but I'm working on your due date. So if we just want to schedule your C-section now, then we'll just have that ready to go. And I was devastated. It never occurred to me that I would have anything other than a vaginal birth. And I was at that point by myself. My husband was at work, and I left calling him in tears and I called our hypnobirthing teacher and was in tears and just didn't, just had no idea what I was going to do. She never brought up trying to do um, an external version at that point. She never said, these are the things that might help you um, have your baby turn. She never said, you know, oh, your baby has been head down you know, there's a good opportunity, you know, there's lots of time. I mean, there's no positive, encouraging anything. And I thought that I had picked this provider who was going to be by my side and support me through the birth that I wanted. And she just yeah. yesed me and was like, yes, 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 until something went wrong. So after I kind of like gathered myself <laughs> and, taught, you know, was sad, I, um, like, you know what? I got this. I learned all these really amazing techniques in our hypnobirthing class about, you know, affirmations and being positive. And I had learned about spinning babies. And, you know, I just did all the things and felt really positive. I was, was going to focus on this baby turning head down until, I, until he did. And I didn't know it was a boy at the time, but baby was going to turn head down and that was going to happen. So I went, you know, did that kind of for a week and at my 39-week appointment told my doctor I was not going to show up for the C-section that was scheduled. I knew from classes that I was, all the, I was going to give all, my baby all of the benefits of labor. They were going to pick their due date. I knew that babies turn in labor. So that was a possibility. And I really just focused on him turning. So, you know, it was 39 weeks, and I was like, hey, I'm going to give myself until 40 
and a half weeks of pregnancy, and if I'm still pregnant, I'm going to look for a different provider. I didn't know at the time that there was a provider near me who would do breech vaginal delivery, but I was going to look for a provider who was going to support me going over 41 weeks with a breech baby, just in case. Like, we're going to give as much time as I could. So it was 40 weeks and nothing was happening. We went to the pumpkin patch. It was October. <laughs> and I felt kind of like I was going to be pregnant forever. We went to a hotel that had a pool, and we just, like, gave them a couple bucks and did handstands in a pool. And we did um, acupressure and chiropractic and, you know, hot and cold packs and all the breach things, uh, breach turn things, um, hypnosis for breach turn. And at 40 weeks, three days, I started to feel something. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this might be labor, maybe not. And, you know, I was like, okay, well, that's great because labor can turn this baby in. So I, you know, did all the positions while I was having these um, surges that, you know, this baby is going to turn. And I was very much in that mindset, but still kind of welcoming the possibility that if I did need a C-section, because right at this point I I didn't know that I could have a a vaginal breech baby. So I was just really focused on, you know, if that was okay, that if if I went into labor, I was going to labor as long as possible in a way that I felt comfortable. And I didn't really know what that meant, but I kind of really just trusted my intuition on that and felt comfortable. So I labored. Labor started at 40 weeks, three days, at 7 o'clock at night. And I labored at home with my husband um, in the water and visualizing baby turning. And it just wasn't happening. And around 6 or 7 in the morning, so it had been almost 12 hours, I was like, you know, I'm starting to feel like this baby is moving down, and I think it's time to go. <laughs> I don't think I don't think the baby's going to turn. And so we decided to go to the hospital, knowing that as soon as we got there, that we would be pretty much just put in the OR and and have a C-section. And although I was disappointed, I was really excited because I baby got to choose his due date and I knew all these great hormones that I was giving the baby would help me with breastfeeding and help me postpartum and then I also had kind of done my homework I I had the opportunity and I think maybe the luxury of being kind of open to uh, the possibility that I might have a c-section whereas I don't think I, you know, if I had labored and then it had turned into an emergency situation, obviously I might have been in a different mindset. So um, we went in and sure enough, um, within, you know, an hour or less than an hour of being at the hospital, I was in the OR and uh, my baby was born, butt first. (laughs) Um, His butt came out and then he pooped all over the doctor and then the rest of him came out and he came to me for a little bit right away. Um, he didn't have as much of a delayed cord clamp as I had asked for, which was um, disappointing, but he was healthy, and I was feeling really good, and I got to hold him, and I was a mom, which I'd always wanted to be, and breastfeeding was okay. It wasn't super easy, but I, you know, it took a little bit of time and a couple of days, and we were kind of breastfeeding champs (laughs) and I was healing really quickly and feeling really good and although disappointed with the c-section still feeling really empowered by kind of saying no to my doctor's um, recommendation for the scheduled c-section so I felt like maybe I wanted to empower other women to although maybe not have the birth that they desire it can still be an empowering experience. So I decided to dip my toes in becoming um, a hypnobirthing instructor myself. So I scheduled, I registered for like a weekend intensive course to become a practitioner. And by the time that rolled around, I had gotten pregnant again. So this was about a year after my son's, um, my first son was born. So I went and got um, trained to be a, a hypnobirthing instructor. And it was during the pregnancy of 
my second. So that kind of gave me the opportunity as I was training and learning more and kind of immersing myself in this education, birth education world, that I really got the opportunity to focus on what I wanted for my own birth kind of in doing this preparation. So I really set these affirmations up for myself for a positive VBAC experience. I knew that I could do it. I had given, you know, I have experienced some labor, so I kind of knew what was going to happen for the birth of my second. And I had switched providers. I had done it almost like the minute my son was born. I, I switched providers. My first son was born. And, I, you know, so I was feeling like a very much in a better place. When I was preparing for my VBAC, I was going to be, it was going to be in the hospital, again, yeah, the same hospital, a different provider. I had to meet the provider that I had chosen for my second birth was a family practice physician. So I had to meet with a, an OBGYN to get approval from the hospital to have a VBAC. And so I met, I made this appointment kind of blindly. You know, I had recommended that this doctor was very VBAC friendly. So um, it was good to have an appointment with him because he would support, more likely support a VBAC and giving approval for that than some other physicians. So I met with him and we were talking and he's like, well, let me look at your chart. And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, I did your C-section. I had no idea. I didn't remember. I'd never met him before when I had showed up for my C-section. So we, it was kind of nice to get to connect with him. He's like, I remember you. You were so positive. He's like, you asked to see your placenta, which a lot of C-section moms don't do. Because I really, you know, I, I knew that I could. I wanted to see my placenta. I wanted to know what was going on in my body. And so it was good to connect with him. It was kind of a, a healing meeting. You know, he had been there. He knew that the C-section wasn't what I wanted. And he was really respectful during that process. So I feel really lucky that that kind of happened the way that it did. I didn't know that he had been the one to do it. But so he kind of almost immediately was like, you're an excellent candidate for VBAC. Um, and he said, if, you know, if anything happens and your doctor that you've, new doctor that you've chosen doesn't work, I would love to support you in your VBAC. So that, that made me feel really good that he supported me, my other doctor supported me, and that I was just, again, like in this mindset of I'm going to do this. I have these affirmations all over our house that just said I'm having a VBAC. And that was so important to me that I knew that my body could do it. I knew I could keep labor going, and I knew that I could just really focus on this baby being head down and that this experience could be totally different. Something that I had wanted to do with my first obviously was to labor at home as long as I could. So I was looking forward to doing that even longer with my second. So my pregnancy was great. I had some definite subconscious lingering fears about baby being breech again. So in late in third trimester, we, we did an ultrasound just to make sure that baby was head down. Um, and, he, and he was. We didn't know, again, we, were, we didn't know we were having a boy, but we, we had two boys. And... Right, like so. I guess end of third trimester, head down, feeling good, and again I went. Um, I was thirty nine week appointment, thinking like, you know, is this baby ever gonna come? <laughs> and sure enough, right, right at forty weeks, labor started, and I just kind of turned in. My oldest son wasn't feeling great that day, so my mom came over and just picked him up so I could rest. And he wasn't feeling great, so he went um, with my mom. Even kind of before labor started, I was just tired. So I, I rested. And as kind of the afternoon went on, I started to feel definite surges. And my husband was at work, and I just kind of took the opportunity to be by myself. I went in my room, and I turned the lights off, and I listened to affirmations and um, really just talked to baby about being head down, but I was still definitely a little bit aware that baby, you know, could not be head down, right? Because that had happened. Yeah, absolutely. Before. <laughs> yeah, um, it's always it's always going to come up as a worry sometimes. You know, when you've had a previous experience, I feel like 
you know, it's it's common for your mind to be like, oh, well, what if? Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so my, so it was a little bit before five, and my husband came home, and I said, you know, I'm just, like, I think this baby might not be head down. I don't know. So we did a fear release. So part of hypnobirthing, um, you, everyone kind of gets this script, this self-hypnosis script about just kind of releasing fears and letting your mind go and letting those anxieties go. And so he did that with me, and I just felt like this amazing sense of calm. Like, okay, like this is good. Like this baby is head down. Like I just, I don't know, I just felt different. And from that moment on, I just, I felt comfort. And I was kind of in this like big pillowy nest in my bed. And he, after that, he started kind of timing my surges, and I didn't want to know how far apart they were. I wasn't paying attention. My eyes were closed, and I was just kind of feeling grateful that baby was head down, and I didn't, I guess, know for sure, but I did. My, like, intuition told me that, you know, baby is head down, and I had nothing to be afraid of, and but I was, just, you know, kind of welcoming each surge and moving along, and, you know, I'd kind of raise my finger when I would have a surge, and I'd put my finger back down when, it, when they were over, and at some point, he said, you know, I really think we need to go to the hospital. And I was like, I don't think so. I feel really comfortable. <laughs> I don't really want to go to the hospital. He's like, you know, we're kind of at the point this app is telling me that we should already be at the hospital. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we only live 10 minutes away. We're okay. <laughs> and he he ended up calling our doctor um, and she's like, you know, I'm at the hospital already with another family. She she attends um, all of her, all, the births of all of her patients. So she's like, you know, just come in. Like, I'm here. And we had a birth photographer, and so my husband called her over. And so she met us at the house, and, you know, he, he and she kind of were like, okay, we really should probably get her out of the house. And it probably took us a half hour to get out of the house. I was in no rush to get out. Every time I'd have a surge, I'd stop and I'd kind of do child's pose on the floor. And it was November, so I, you know, had to get a jacket on and shoes on. So it took a, a little while. We got to the hospital and um, got up to triage and um, I was still feeling really good. Um, I remember, you know, we kind of had to do like that intake paperwork and they asked my husband um, what the birth date was, and he's like, I don't know. Like, the baby's not born yet. And they're like, no, we mean your wife's, <laughs> your wife's birthday. Um, and I remember things like that, like, you know, kind of standout comments or moments. But otherwise, I was just really focusing on, you know, baby being head down and welcoming these sensations and really just picturing baby head first and coming coming out that way and and getting to and getting to meet this new little baby, and so my doctor was there, and she came in, and she said, you know, because we were we were a little bit concerned about baby's position um, a couple weeks ago. Let's just make sure that baby's still head down. So we did an ultrasound in triage, um, and I had a moment of, oh my gosh, because she put the ultrasound machine really low, like right above my my pubic bone, and all I saw was vertebrae. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is my baby's back. Like, that's immediately where my mind went. You know, I felt so good, but, I, you know, this, this doubt came back really fast. And, you know, I didn't really say anything. I was, I was really relaxed and feeling good, and I saw this, and I had this moment of, you know, silent panic. And she said, I can't see his head because it's all the way in your pelvis. She said, I think we need to get you to a room right now. And I hadn't had a vaginal exam at that point yet. And so she quickly checked. She didn't really have to check too far. I was, I was 10 centimeters, and baby was really low. She could almost see his head. So we got um, to the room really quickly, and the policy in the hospital was if you're having a VBAC, you need to have a port placed in your hand and continuous monitoring. And I, my doctor was so wonderful. Um, she's like, let's just get you to the room. We'll, we'll take care of all of that stuff later. So we got into a room and, you know, kind of moving through positions. And I again, it took me a little bit of time to feel like I was ready. 
mentally ready, physically ready for this baby to come. Because I had had that moment of, oh my gosh, my baby's breached again, you know, like a couple of times through this labor, and pregnancy really, and, and labor. Um, whereas, and he was head down, right? But just kind of letting those fears creep back in. So my husband was great, really supportive. I just kept listening to my affirmations. And after about a little less than three hours, I welcomed him. I felt so empowered by the people around me, the way people were interacting with each other. They were all quiet. The room was dark. You know, there was just respect in that space. And, you know, I was birthed in the position that I wanted to. Um, at one point, my doctor had said, you know, come on, ben, you know, I was 10 centimeters when I showed up. And, you know, it had been almost three hours. And she said, you know, if you want to try pushing, you can. Because I had kind of just been breathing the baby down. And, and, she, and I said, okay, I'll try that, sure. And I tried. And I, it was, you know, I, I kind of pushed. And, you know, that sensation left. And I said, I'm never doing that again. That felt awful. And she's like, oh, okay, <laughs> um, but really respectful about, you know, just kind of letting me lead, lead the way and, and letting baby kind of find his own, his own way out. And so he was born. I was in a position of my choosing, lying down on my side, and my husband received him and brought him right to my chest, and we let the cord, the vocal cord, pulse until it was totally you know, white, no blood flow, and again, you know, I'm just like this overwhelming feeling of empowerment and being proud and, you know, just so excited that my body could do this and feeling just so proud of myself. And um, I told my husband like shortly after that we might have a problem because now I love to give birth. <laughs> we don't want a million kids, but I would for sure birth a million times if I could. And I am the exact he, same you know, way, <laughs> just to say. And my husband's like, do you not remember? And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember. I remember it being amazing. And he remembers it not so much, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I have the same problem as you. I'm like, heck, yeah, I want to do that again. Like, I really yeah. like, <laughs> Those hormones, man, they're amazing. They're real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I was just, yeah, it was just, it was what, it was very healing. Just to be confirmed that my, my body could do this. And to have people around me who wanted what I wanted. You know, I guess I didn't know what I, what I had the first experience until I was with somebody who more than just yesed me, more than just said yes, but who said, absolutely, and I know you can and that you will. So that was really wonderful. That pregnancy, however, was a little bit more anxiety. <laughs> um, I found during that pregnancy that I had a tumor in my abdominal wall. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> but I didn't, but again, I didn't want to focus on that. Like, so I, I went and I had some testing. Um, I was monitored when I was pregnant, but I, I really just, I wasn't going to I wasn't going to do any MRIs or any really intensive tests because it's where my baby was and I wasn't messing with it. But after my son was born, I did a biopsy and it was um, a very aggressive type of tumor and it was growing while I was pregnant. So at, when my son was when my second son was 2 months old, I had um, a surgery to have that tumor removed. And it was several inches of my abdominal wall, and so I had a, a surgical mesh put in, in to, you know, heal, help heal that space. So I was, it was a rough postpartum because I had uh, this, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I had this kind of colicky baby. Um, so this wonderful birth, right? Really birth high, wonderful um, experience, but it kind of ended there. You know, postpartum was brought, like, two weeks after he was born, I had my biopsy. And then two months later, I had this surgery. I was in the hospital for four days, and my baby mm. stayed home. And my oh, husband brought so him. 
Yeah, my husband brought him to see me, but, you know, it wasn't the same. And so, you know, it was kind of a week of surgery and recovery in the hospital and then almost two weeks of trying to get back to breastfeeding. Um, I had pumped enough milk for him to get breast milk while I was gone, but, you know, just, just you know, he was mad. I was mad, you know, mm-hmm. um, that we were separated. And so the so postpartum was harder. It was not as enjoyable, and I didn't really ride that birth high very long. So I was healing from birth. I was healing from the surgery, but I still knew I wanted to have more kids. So my husband and I, um, you know, I, I during the pregnancy of my second, I'd kind of, you know, said home birth would be really nice, but he was my husband wasn't comfortable, and I knew that if he wasn't comfortable, I wouldn't be comfortable. So for our third, I, I really knew that I wanted to have a home birth, and I knew some really great. We uh, our Madison, Wisconsin is a wonderful place to give birth. We have so many options of midwives in and out of hospital. And I knew that that home birth, especially since my labor of my second was so peaceful at home, I knew that the third was going to be, it was going to be a home birth. So my husband, I kind of, you know, warmed down a little bit. And he said, yeah, we can do home birth. Like that'll, that'll be great. So I got pregnant with my third and there was a little bit of concern about um, what would happen with the structure of my core because I really just was weak on one side. Um, we didn't know how the surgical mesh, if it would stretch or if it would be painful or, or how that would work. The tumor that I had was it has like a 93, 95% recurrence rate in the first couple of years. So again, like I had these fears about what was going to happen and how my body was going to respond and, you know, if, if I was going to be feeling good like I felt with my other two pregnancies. So we um, progressed through labor or through pregnancy and things were, you know, going pretty well. And around 25 or 26 weeks, I started to just feel uncomfortable. Um, I was having a lot of stretching in my stomach and my hips felt awful, and I just kind of felt like if this is what I'm in for and this is only, you know, a little over halfway, maybe maybe home birth is not going to happen. And, you know, I kind of got ahead of myself with my anxieties a little bit and talked to my husband some more, and, you know, he, and he, by this point, he kind of knew, he's so in tune with my habits. He's like, let's do a fear relief. Let's talk about these anxieties you're having. Um, He's wonderful. I love it. He's so (laughs) wonderful. Um, You know, kind of noticing these things that, you know, I I couldn't do outside of my my own, you know, fears and my thoughts. Yeah. Give him a high five for us. Yeah. (laughs) I will. And so, you know, we did that and I was kind of like, okay, I just need to go to the chiropractor. Like, maybe maybe it's just my hips are off and I just need, you know, an alignment, an adjustment. And we did. And literally, I walked out of there feeling great and I did not look back like I that was it for discomfort for that pregnancy and my home birth midwife was amazing she's like let's name that you know that that tumor or that thing and we'll give it a name and just own own that you know that structural change in your body and and so we did and you know so we kind of made made it a little bit lighter than maybe I was feeling before and Again, like I'm a really bad judge of labor. I'm I'm a doula now too, and you know I see what, I see labor, right? But when you're in that birthing mindset, I have no idea what's going on <laughs> um, with myself. So we got to 40 weeks, what we thought what we thought was 40 weeks, and still pregnant, and kind of not sure when labor was going to happen. It was going to happen some point, but that third baby they say is the the coyote baby throw you a curveball, right? And so, heck yeah, um, they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I was like kind of waiting for that curveball. I was like, man, are we going to go like over 42 weeks? Like what's going on? <laughs> and I had said something, you know, I really was kind of focused for my third pregnancy and just not sharing my due date. I knew that I had always gone over or very close to 
So I didn't even, you know, I didn't tell my dad. I didn't tell anyone when my baby was going to come. I just, you know, kind of would say, like, oh, before Easter or, you know, maybe the middle of the month. And so it was Easter Sunday, and my mom was planning to come be at home with us to help with our other kids, our older kids during my labor. And, you know, she's like, oh, I'll stay home. I won't travel. I'm like, oh, I'm not having this baby today. I don't feel like I was going to have a baby. And sure enough, like, you know, Easter Sunday comes and goes, and I'm still pregnant. And so, I'm, you know, and then I'm starting to get that, well, you said the baby was going to come before Easter. And, um, you know, that. But then, so it was the Monday after, and, my, you know, I sent my husband to work, and I was not really feeling the greatest, but not really having surges that were intense at all. They, you know, had kind of come and gone for like the week, the whole week prior. And I, so I sent him to work and I was like, I'm going to clean the house and just, you know, I would like to kind of be cleaned up for whenever this baby does come. So I was doing laundry and cleaning the floors, you know, all the, all the mommy things. And it got to be around nap time and surges were, were getting more intense. And I'd kind of been in touch with my midwife and our birth photographer and my husband and my mom and, you know, just kind of getting our team aware that some stuff was happening. But I was like, you know, I, I'm not sure. And so I had kind of been timing them and I, you know, sent my husband a couple of screenshots and he kept saying, like, I think I should come home. And I was like, no, 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 like, don't. I was like, I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the kids down for their naps, the older kids down for their naps, and then I'll I'll lay down and I'll I'll let you all know what's going on. And at this point, I had a four year old, a four and a half year old, and a two and a half year old, and our two and a half year old did not like napping, <laughs> so it was a struggle to get him down for his nap. So I had had these very consistent surges um, every few minutes, and his nap time started and it was like an hour and a half battle to the nap, right? Um, he was oh, the sad, crying, and the, <laughs> the bedtime struggle uh, or nap time struggle. And I was not going to give up because I was going to nap too. And during that hour and a half, I had gone from having like a minute to two minute apart surges, not very long. You know, every once in a while, they'd be five minutes or eight minutes. They weren't, you know, every two to three minutes. But in that hour and a half of, like, you know, struggle, it was, I had three total surges. So really, like, again, it's like, you know, my body was in kind of a stressed, fearful, you know, anxiety um, mode. And just was like, if this is what it's like on the outside of the stage, he's like, I'm not coming out. <laughs> this doesn't sound fun. So I finally got our two-and-a-half-year-old down for his nap, and our four-year-old loves to sleep, so he had you know, kind of been sleeping for, he went down right away. And I laid down and immediately had this very strong surge and was like, okay, this baby is coming in. You know, at this point, it's like 2.30 in the afternoon. And I, I told my husband he needed to come home. And I um, had, I had told my mom, like, don't worry. Like, you know, if you might want to come soon, but you can, you know, finish what you're doing and don't worry about it. So my husband came home and he had, He'd stopped on the way, and he bought, like, three bouquets of flowers for me. And, you know, because I told him, like, I have all this time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so it took him a little longer to get home. And so he got home around um, a little bit before 3 o'clock. And um, I was downstairs kind of finishing up a few things because I, at this point, kind of knew that it was going to be, be real labor and the baby was probably coming. And so he came home, and he said, I think we should call the midwife to come. And I said, no, like, let me just call her. It's fine. So I'd called her and I said, you know, I think this is real, but um, you don't have to come yet. Like, I'm, I'm not quite ready. And she's like, okay, well, let me know. Like, I'm happy to come and then leave if you if you want, you know, privacy, but I, maybe I should come see you. And I was like, no, 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 I, I don't, I'm not ready, quite ready yet. Um, and I had, like, one more surge after hanging up with her. And my husband pretty much called her straight back and was like, you need to come. <laughs> And so I then decided I would go upstairs to our room, which is where we had um, thought about having the baby, and just kind of close myself off. I knew people would be coming over, and I just kind of wanted to be quiet. I knew that my kids would be getting up from their naps soon. So I went to my room, and again, like, just started listening to affirmations and really just started thinking that, okay, maybe this baby is coming sooner rather than later. 
And so our team showed up, two midwives and uh, a doula and my mom and birth photographer and my husband um, and my kids had gotten up from their naps. But it was so quiet. Like our room, everyone was so respectful and um, just kind of let me do my own thing. So um, I remember leaning on the windowsill. It was almost 4 o'clock at this point. Everyone was there. Um, they had kind of set up the birth pool. And I really wanted a water birth, which I couldn't have done in our hospital. So I was looking forward to experiencing a water birth for the first time. And I was looking out the window, and I remember thinking, I think I called all these people to our house, and I'm not sure this is real. And sure enough, like two minutes later, my membranes released, and there was like water all over the floor. And my midwife was like, if you want to have a water birth, you really need to get in. And, and I did. <laughs> I got right in the pool. I had the pool was a little bit warm, so I had like one surge was kind of like one leg in and one leg out. And I really just, I just like relaxed so much and felt so good as soon as I got into the water. And I started to feel, right, this intensity and, you know, kind of that, that peak of, of transition of baby moving down and I, you know, that. Oh, just like I looked at my husband, and I was like, "Just tell me I can do this," and he's like, "You can, do, you are doing this. Like you're, you're great." And I, you know, I looked at my midwife and I said, "This feels different. Something feels different." <laughs> I didn't know what it was, but something felt different. And sure enough, you know, I kind of had to switch, you know, position in the pool a little bit, and ended up kind of like in the same position I birthed my second. I was side laying, but in the pool. And he came out, he had a nuchal hand. So his hand was up right right by his kind of his cheek. So I had felt that as he was kind of making his way through. It just felt more pressure. And so he was born and, you know, head and one arm out. And he came right to me. And he latched within 10 minutes. He was nursing. And um, our kids were right there when he was born. My my oldest was like, I told you it was another boy. We have three boys. So my oldest, you know, was so excited. He, you know, they had prepared for birth and knew what was going to happen. And so, they, you know, I told you it was a boy. And let's hold him and kiss him and love on him. Um, our second cut his umbilical cord. Oh, that's so, awesome. So, you know, yeah. So it was really, again, just amazing. And I felt so good. Our chiropractor came over within a few hours and um, adjusted the baby and felt, again, just like, honey, <laughs> we might have a problem because this is so cool. Um, <laughs> and again, but like this, this level of empowerment, feeling like we had the right birth for this phase of life. And yes. I look at my at my births, and I wouldn't honestly change a thing about any of them, because in that moment, in that phase of life, in where I was, it was the right birth for us. And even though the first wasn't exactly what I wanted, ideally, right, it was great, and it gave me that kind of that maybe that kick in the butt to help people that even though, you know, you have a special circumstance or something that goes unplanned by preparing, like all the work I did ahead of time prepared me to be somebody who could be confident in making decisions and giving and making informed choices about the circumstance that I was in. So although like I look at, you know, maybe having another baby, I think maybe home birth would be right, but I would be open to whatever happened along that journey, which as now a teacher, of like a childbirth educator, I, you know, I feel like I don't care what kind of birth you have. I really don't. As long as you've made those informed choices and feel good about having, you know, finding your team and your tribe and being supported, and ha being able to have those moments that I've had of like, holy cow, my body is amazing, or holy cow, I made this decision that 
I was going to skip my Schedule C section or, <laughs> you know, and that it's okay to be fearful. Like, it's okay that there's tools that you can use to kind of get past those for me was so important. And I thank you guys for letting me share that part and, and my story of, of my different births and for all that you're bringing, um, all these stories for women because birth is amazing. It can be. And, it, and I hope that people who are looking for a VBAC can find that for themselves as well. So thank you guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you know, that was one of my favorite things about my home birth, like especially for my last one. All three of my kids were in the room. My oldest got to cut the cord. My oldest was my doula. He was sitting there like making noises and breathing with me. It was just so special. Yeah, yeah, like that family, that family experience. (laughs) Definitely. For sure. I, my husband was just telling me the other day, so he, who once was not super educated about birth in general and uh, <laughs> didn't really understand me wanting to be back at all, really, yeah. and such an advocate for birth. And um, he, so my husband's in law school, and the other day, him and a couple of his buddies were talking about this one, one of their wives, um, who's getting ready to have a baby, and they chose home birth, and my husband said, yeah, I told him how I think that would be so awesome, and I, like, my jaw dropped, because, like, when I wanted to be back, I mentioned home, and he's like, no way, Jose, birth center or hospital, like, I'll meet you in the middle of the birth center, but no way would I deliver at home, and he's like, and then we had the birth center birth, and I realized how awesome it would be to be at home, and so I thought that was super fun to hear, and that, he says we're done, so... as taking it as 
a mom, as a pregnant, you know, for me and this baby and this birth, it truly, I looked at it in a different light. And so I think it is so important, and I'm sure Julie would agree, that it is so important to have the basic knowledge and then the deeper knowledge of how to cope through these these surges and what it's going to look like through a childbirth education class. So we are going yes, to have... Yes, absolutely. Yes, we, we will have the link for hypnobirthing in the show notes. So if you are interested in checking out an amazing course, hypnobirthing, it's seriously awesome. I loved it. You loved it. I know there are so many more other people that they love it as well. So definitely check out the show notes for a link to find out where a hypnobirthing instructor is near you. And seriously, we appreciate you so much. And I didn't know that you were doing now. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Life, right? Like, can't get enough birth. And I, I support families I, that I teach, so I get to see you know, lots of hypnobirthing birth. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to put you on the spot. What is your favorite affirmation? What affirmation spoke to you the loudest? I think it really depended on on where I was in pregnancy. Like I kind of had like these cards that I was, I kind of printed out and would have like be looking at. So for my first, um, it was I'm having an informed, empowered birth. So that, yeah. you know, kind of, it wasn't super specific. And then my second, it was literally just, I'm having a VBAC. <laughs> that was, yes. that was it. Yes. And so I had that affirmation everywhere. I had it printed out. I had it written on my mirror in my bathroom. I had it on the back of my screensaver on my phone. I had it everywhere. And then for my third, I just, it was, my body is amazing. And my, oh, so more just, focused on my body opening and yeah. that my body was built for this. Yeah. Got it. That's awesome. So I think, yeah, something when, you know, affirmations I think are so important and I think there are so many good ones that I really just encourage people to find one that they, that speaks to them and that it can change through, you know, pregnancy too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Totally agree. Well, thank you for sharing those. Thank you for sharing those. And, I hope for all those mamas listening that, you know, if those resonate to them, that they can put those all over everywhere they are and let them set in and know that their body is amazing and they can be back. And um, having an informed birth is so important. So we appreciate you so much. Yeah, thank you both so much. It was lovely. Interested in sharing your VBAC? Head over to the VBAClink.com slash share to submit your story. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to thevbaclink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.